Welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rugg. And today we're going to be taking a look at the 25 cent issue of Hellboy featuring his story, The Corpse, one of the great uh, Hellboy comic stories. But first, I want to uh, make you guys aware that Jimmy and I are we're going to be on the road in October, first going to CXC in Columbus, Ohio, October 6th through 9th. We are then going to be rounding out that month at Baltimore Comic Con, October 28th to, through the 30th. That is the birthplace of cartoonist Kayfabe. And Jimmy is going to be in Florida, October 22nd, at the Jacksonville Public Library for a zine fest. He's going to be doing uh, a, a big interview in front of everybody, the man of the hour at that joint and I want to let you guys know that the Red Room Trigger Warnings trade paperback is going to be in stores September uh, 2022 but the final orders have to be in by this coming Monday uh, after this video goes live so put in your orders at your comic shop right now so, so that we know how many of these things uh, we have to print also I want to invite you guys to like follow and subscribe to the YouTube channel hit the bell so that we can notify you when new vids are available that mitigates the kayfabe effect, uh, which is what happens when we put a video out in the morning by early afternoon, midday. The comics that we talk about, prohibitively expensive online if you could find them at all. And if you watch these videos to the very end, uh, that helps push our YouTube content out to a wider audience, helps us grow our subscriber base, helps make it possible for us to continue making more videos for you. And today, let's take a look at a little Mignola, man. It's been been a couple months since we looked at some work from Uncle Mike and I feel like this 25 cent issue was a pretty pretty uh, gettable at a certain point yeah I think it must have been a tie-in to the movie uh, you know that kind of thing to do the quarter book but the first time that I ever saw this was in the mid 90s after I think the first Hellboy series like yeah. early on it was serialized in advanced comics which for people unfamiliar with that that was Capital City instead of Diamond Capital City another distributor and that was their catalog Two pages at a time. Yes. And uh, Mignola has talked about this being one of his favorite Hellboy comics. I think this is one of the all-time great comics. I'm excited to go through this page by page. But it's interesting to note that it was serialized two pages at a time is how this thing appeared. And I think there's all kinds of storytelling lessons as a result of that particular distribution model. Absolutely, man. And, and it is a tried and true formula, man. I'm looking at my Tintin books over there that I believe, uh, you know, had many different kinds of serializations, but I think it was a two-page uh, at a clip yep. uh, level of seriali serialization for a long time. Jimmy Corrigan comes to mind. Chris Ware's work uh, at these Chicago Weekly Papers, uh, same deal. He do basically two pages of comics a week. Um, and for those playing at home, if you're looking for advanced comics, issues 75 through 82 is where uh, this comic uh, first appeared. Did you say, was it black and white? No, no, it was in color. Yeah. But I think this front page, this title page, new is piece. extra. Yeah, That's a piece. different piece. So, um, you know, you'll kind of see the rhythm that comes up in, the, in that two-page serialization. But you know what's really interesting to me is thinking about, you know, whatever I'm going to do next, you know, and it's like, well... I want to serialize it online, maybe on Instagram, whatever. It's that same kind of structure. And I think of graphic novels, and one of my complaints of graphic novels is they can be kind of boring and talking heads, you know, especially these days where it's like you're trying to get it done as quick as possible because those advances are small. This is a real different way to approach storytelling where it's like you're getting a satisfying installment because the installments are two pages. Like, 
you need to deliver a lot in those two pages. You yeah. need a cliffhanger, you need some action to advance, you need all of these elements to make it successful, and it's a different approach to doing a, uh, a longer narrative. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's kind of exciting. Like, I, I, I see this as a challenge of like, you do two pages at a time and deliver in each of those two pages. Imagine a graphic novel that's built that way. Absolutely, man. I mean, uh, there is precedent for such serialization. The adventure comics of the newspaper strips were essentially a very similar format, similar panel count, and expected the weekly readership so they would end on such a high note and things. Uh, I feel like this takes that kind of comic book history and really distills it down into a very, very tight form it feels like writing boot camp yeah you know because whenever Mignola starts Hellboy he's got John Byrne scripting you know and I don't know if he had written or plotted any comics up to that point so he's learning to write you know great artist already but learning to write as he's getting into Hellboy and this kind of delivery seems like boot camp for writing yes Dave Stewart uh, often associated with um the color for Mignola, but this time we got Matt Hollingsworth, who's one of my favorite uh, colorists from that mid-90s era. You know, I know him mostly from uh, Preacher comics, and he, you know, he solidifies what I think of as being one of the great collaborative teams in comics, one of the few great collaborative teams in comics with Garth Ennis, Steve Dillon, Clem Robbins on, on lettering, and uh, Matt Hollingsworth with the color. But he's he's bringing all the right chops here. So many cool colors. And there's barely even warm colors, man. It's almost all towards the blue, except for Hellboy. That's right. It's it's all muted colors, except one one concentrated color is red. And we have our uh, our baby has been kidnapped and replaced. Yes, outed, man, by use of a little bit of iron. He built so much mythology into uh, his world, where. You know, he establishes that iron is a thing. You know, it's just all this invisible stuff. If this was a Marvel comic, there would be captions to explain very clearly that iron is no good. Yes. Uh, for these little demons. That's and a good point. It's it, The way he delivers everything through dialogue or art in this comic is really impressive. It's compelling. Uh, he he does this whole thing, you know, there, there's, there's rules to this game. There's a very old game. I've played this game before. I'll get your baby back. You know, this is not his first rodeo. This shot, it, it makes me think of um, Salem's Lot. Remember, like, the little boys hanging out yeah. outside the window? There, there, It is masterful shot after masterful shot and series of images <laughs> Look that at fit really guy. well. It's, it's great. Like, you can follow this stuff. You know, rule of threes is something in design, and that's where you see this character. He's really hit his stride at this point. And I, and I think so much of it is intuitive. I think it is. This page, I remember the first time I saw it was in Comic Artist Magazine, and it was probably the issue that where they did a big giant interview with Mike Mignola. Um, but it was cited, like this page was called out specifically because it could be read in any order. Neat. Like that was, that was what Mike was thinking. Like I want something where you could take a look at any panel and just look at it as a whole. And it's its own its own thing. Each panel adds some piece of information. You know, like our, our corpse hanging here shows up at midnight points close up of what's he pointing at we see the silhouette of the couple of characters three characters rolling up now we move to the three characters it is just wordless and easy to follow the words that are there make sense like it's just great storytelling they have like these cockney uh accents <laughs> man so he's so he's getting his experience doing that alan moore gimmick yes M making deals too like uh this is the corpse in question right like if he wants that baby back 
the deal is you got to give this guy a burial. This is a guy who was friends with these little people, these fairy people. Yes. Yeah, so it's now becoming it's a quest. Yeah, it's really clear what he wants. You know how they talk about like in the writing the characters intentions and obstacles. It's very clear what is wanted and what Hellboy's trying to do, what all the characters are trying to do. Also a great setting. I, I went to uh I think this is set in Ireland and I went to Ireland earlier this year and like it makes so much sense reading this now and seeing like the various castles and the landscapes and everything. Just beautiful for like you gotta draw your setting is is uh I hate to do setting as a character. Yeah. But it's such a rich setting for art style of Mike Mignola. Yeah. All the buildings and doors and tombstones, just perfect. He even makes stuff like a floor look good. He does. And never, uh, I always like to point out, never um, taping down that artboard and rolling pan perspective grids and things. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the fairy people gave him a couple of locations, like this is where this guy's got to be buried. Gave him a few locations, so we're going to roll through those, and uh, he's met with resistance at each one. Yes. Not going to be easy. So it gives you a couple of, uh, you know, another cool couple of months worth of strips that are uh, easy to do. You know, you got at least three three months worth of stuff uh, in the can there. You can almost imagine reading this, that he's writing it as we see the pages. Absolutely, and I think that that was certainly how those uh, comic strips w would work. Man, how great are the silhouettes. I love the line for like the iron gates. It looks so good. It's so simple, but it looks so good. Hellboy silhouette. Talk about distinct. Absolutely, man. And Hollingsworth really coming through whenever he lights a fire on some of these characters. I was looking at the flaming skull and thinking, like, Ghost Rider would look so badass like that. Totally. It's a really good flaming skull. But it pops whenever most of your colors are blue to have that little bit of orange spark. See, is the 2000 AD monolith? <laughs> or 2001 monolith? Yeah, 2001. <laughs> <laughs> Comics on the brain, Jimmy. Hey, I found this really interesting. When the corpse talks, he has this like black kind of um, cloud behind the word balloons. Right. Who's putting that in? Is that your letter or is that Mignola? Yeah, I bet you he's adding that because like the division of labor would would, would if it was like um, what do you call it, man? Like assembly line process. It's uh, pencils, letters, inks, color. Yeah. Right. So like yeah. he gets the shit back, and then you you ink that in. And this story is reprinted in one of the Hellboy artist editions. I think it it's is, the Hellboy yeah. in Hell, so you can see this stuff in glorious black and white. And it, one of those artists, man, where I think the work looks as good in color as it does in black and white. Totally. This is one of those interesting moments. There's not another panel like this where it's kind of like, is this an idea? Is this what's really there? You just get a flash on it and you keep go keep rocking. Yeah. Almost a video game. Like, you know, reach in here and try to steal it before the rock comes down on you. Right. Here at Cartoonist Kayfabe, we aren't just making videos about comics, we're making comics themselves, and we've got some big releases coming up this fall. Ed Piscor's Red Room, Trigger Warnings, collecting the second season of Red Room, is available in stores in September, but you can pre-order that now wherever you order books or comics. You want to pick that up now in time for the uh, Christmas rush, because the way printing and paper shortages are, you want to make sure you pre-order this book to make sure you don't miss out, because once these are gone, it may take a minute or two to get the reprints, and you don't want to be stuck this holiday season without it. My Hulk Grand Design book, the retelling of the 60-year history of the Incredible Hulk, will be in stores in December in time for Christmas. Again, you need to pre-order that book now. Let Marvel know how many of these things to print. This is the best book that I have made. Marvel let me design this book. It's going to be a big, oversized, neon green book that you will want to add to your collection. Put a red bow on it, stick it under the Christmas tree for the Hulk fan in your life. 
And Street Angel Deadly Scroll Live from Image Comics has been out of print for almost a year. We'll be back in print by the end of August or early September. So put that on your pool list now at your local comic shop or online wherever you get books. And now back to our regular scheduled programming. Love the landscapes. And then so effective whenever you do remove color. He's fighting like this invisible force at this uh, potential tomb. Right. So, some ghost that's uh, kicking his ass. Serious compositions here, man. Like just strong shapes. Yeah. Good designs too. You know, you look at like their leader, an owl, another one of the little people, and then all those little winged uh, insects. Great designs on all these characters. And you're only going to see this guy three times. <laughs> right. You know? Still develops a good look for him. Some humor in the uh, corpse that he's carrying, you know, a chance to, uh, again, I, I think to me that speaks to the writer, the storyteller part, to have those kinds of moments of levity in here, wherever you can find them. Totally. Whenever we get these opportunities for these big expansive shots, he Love really it. seizes it, man. And there's just directional devices everywhere, black on black on white on black on white on black. Yeah, really cool stuff with that limited palette where the purples are, are almost your lit faces popping. But the green used to show like, oh, this is the underwater part. This is the down in that boggy, like gross water. But it works. It's like, this is what you want to use color for. And it is that universal monsters. Like you got some, some kick lights down there. Yeah. <laughs> More great designs, dude. Yeah, that's a fun monster. It's wild to think of how early in Hellboy's story this this stuff is. Little Deus Ex Machina. This this I feel like speaks to uh, writing on the fly kind of thing because he just pulls out a little coin. You know, this ain't Chekhov's coin. This is a better use of a utility belt than I've ever seen in Batman. Sure. Maybe Batman Year One. There's some good utility belt action in there, but this is this is a really good uh, utility belt. And you know why? Less is more. Yeah. Like he's not spelling it all out. It's just enough to show us what we need to see. And it works. Yep. The first punch, like, you know, it happens. It's successful, but it's not a death blow. You know, he builds that up. And then it, it, the the big villain just becomes more kind of homunculus and weak. Yeah, it's really good, the scale of that villain shrinking. You go, <laughs> especially across, like, the two-page spread. Once again, good use of the spread, where he's massive in panel one and gets smaller and smaller. That's not that easy of a thing to draw. No, sir. <laughs> and, uh, lost his arm. Lost his arm in the fight. And he's like, so what? You're dead. There are there a couple moments throughout this comic where Hellboy's just kind of like, what do you care if you break something? You're, de <laughs> you're dead already or whatever. Arm gets taken away. And he's like, what are you talking about? It's my arm. <laughs> yeah, I need it. And he goes and retrieves it. <laughs> right. Which That's is a fun callback, too, to this underwater character, this witch, the sea hag. Yeah. She's down there chewing on it. Again, chance for some humor. Um, it's funny how, how his style lends itself to humor. Have you ever seen Kirby Dots as air bubbles? Yeah, it's good. So cool. Yeah, I like seeing the Kirby in his work. Mm -hmm. it's, it's an unusual mashup, but it, it makes the monster fights. It's the callback to me to like the uh, pre-Marvel Universe Kirby monster comics. There's just something really beautiful about having those, those little bits in Hellboy. His little foliage textures are so cool. Like, none of it seems dashed out. Like, he's really thinking about each of those lines. Right. You know, it's very methodical. There you go, you old corpse. You got your burial. 
I'll give me my baby. He uh, mentions in the previous two pages, Hellboy, that you know the sun's coming up. Like this, this location has to work because otherwise he loses out on the deal and the baby's gone forever. And uh, you see Hollingsworth coming through with the very gradual like lightening of that, of the of the cool colors that we've seen all throughout this story. But now they're getting lighter as as the sun is coming up. That's a really great, I think, attention to detail. I love like Genius. sunrise time and watching that color come up. And that's kind of he captures it really well. Yeah. Still got to test out the little kid, but once again, no exposition, no explanation, no captions involved to to remind us of what we just read ten pages before. Yeah, you know, it's just there. The end. Got somebody who's happy to, who's going to be happy to see you. And you get your full color saturation, and the very final panel, the happy ending panel, the color represents that happy ending too. Yeah. I like that he taps the kid on the head with the, uh, <laughs> with the iron horseshoe. You gotta be sure, man. You gotta be sure. I don't think most babies are gonna respond great to that. <laughs> and you can see the uh, the time frame here. We've got a movie that we're promoting, so uh, get the most out of that quarter comic that you're probably losing a couple of couple of cents on. And here's the corpse. The corpse looks good. In the flick, yeah, I don't remember that. I don't either. I don't remember much of the details of this movie. It's been so, I think I saw it in theaters and that yeah, was it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it does. It's amazing how much this movie captured the style of Mignola's art. Totally. And you can see again, like, man, you're selling, you're talking about selling rope. Yes, yeah, sir. All kinds of fucking lunch boxes, dude. Yeah. Dark Horse had the, had the machine set up. They did. For this kind of stuff over, over years. Like for, for a, a little while there, they were doing stuff for, for, for them. But now, you know, for a while they were doing stuff for you know Hollywood properties and stuff. Now they're making some stuff on their own. They've established some some ideas. Fun promo comic. Totally. Twenty five cents, man. Like, how could you ever say no to such a thing? Yeah, and and just to reiterate again, like to me, the storytelling in this is just off the charts. Yes. Again, people interested in making comics, this is a great book to have in your collection. Agreed, man. You good to go? I am. All right, K favorites, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell. We'll notify you when new vids are available. What's out there, Jimmy? Hulk Grand Design, the oversized collection, is coming to comic shops and bookstores in December, in time for Christmas. But you need to pre-order it now. Pre-order it from wherever you buy books, online or at your local comic shop. I will appreciate that. And Marvel will know there's enough demand to do more Grand Design comics. And you won't be left out in the cold Christmas morning because you didn't pre-order it. So Hulk Grand Design is the thing. And uh, join me on Patreon.com slash JimRug to see more of my comics and art. Red Room Trigger Warning Straight Paper back in store September 2022. Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit is the name of the game. Collecting the 2022 season of Red Room issues that have hit the comic shop over the past four months or so. You can order and pre-order these comics uh, at my link tree in the description below this video. Uh, you can also hit up my Patreon. Uh, three bucks get you the archive there. More Almost 300 pages worth of comics are up there as we speak. And I'm serializing Red Room comics that won't see the light of day on paper in print form for another half a year or so. What else do we have out there, Jim? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. Another great way to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Given those marching orders, we'll be on our way. Read more comics.